What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling With My Thoughts. I am one-third of the group here, waiting on the other two. Uh, Kurt and Brandon will be joining us here shortly. Got a big show planned for today. We got a lot to talk about. Um, AEW has released uh, some rules and regulations, I guess, for their uh, for their wrestlers. Uh, something that I personally think is long overdue, but we'll talk about that once uh, we get started with the show. Uh, Kenny Omega had some uh, some interesting comments, um, not necessarily in relation to the uh, the rules, but um, it does kind of relate to that. Uh, that and a lot more. Uh, welcome aboard, Kurt. How you doing, man? Good morning. How you doing? I'm good, man. I cannot complain at all. Cannot complain at all. Oh, man. Got a lot to talk about today. I, I didn't get a chance to finish the... Uh, the Abdullah the Butcher Dark Side of the Ring episode, but thus far it's been pretty good. Um, I, I uh, learned some things I didn't know, so I uh, can't wait to talk about that on here as soon as Brandon gets here. Oh, man. So this week of wrestling, did you enjoy everything you watched? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I I can I can relate to that. Um, I didn't I didn't really like uh Everything I saw. What's going on, Hill Club? What's going on, Rhode Island Red? Thank you guys for joining us. Brandon's in the building. How's it going, Brandon? Good, good. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. So, folks, as I said at the top of the show, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, But as you guys know, to listen to the show regularly, we shoot the shit for just a few minutes before we get started. Gentlemen, I had an incident that I didn't even tell you all about at the beginning, or not at the beginning, but on the pre-show. Um, for those of you that don't know, I, uh, I suffer from a, I shouldn't say suffer. I have a genetic, uh, eye disorder called retinitis pigmentosa, which effectively will eventually render me, uh, at least legally blind, if not totally blind. So this week, fellas, I'm walking to lunch and, uh, I'm right down the street from the CNN center, was going to the CNN center and I, I fail over a fire hydrant. Oh, damn. I never saw the damn thing. Um, and the, the people were like, people at work were like, how did you not see it? And if I'm looking forward, the way my peripheral vision is, um, some of the things on my side and, and like below my line of sight, I can't see unless I look down at it. And man, I wasn't embarrassed at all. Like I failed. There was a lot of traffic and there were even people on the street, but, um, it didn't embarrass me. I was more frustrated at the at the situation with my eyesight. So that being said, um, I've decided to begin the process of uh, disability. So that's a new era in my life, something new going on on, on my end, but uh, I'm not down about it, man. I'm actually uh, upbeat about it. I mean, I'm, I'm taking care of myself, doing the things I need to do to make sure I got the things in place that I need. So it's not a bad thing for me. It's just something that's that's going to take some getting used to. Mm. So I now that now, say what? Who you got? I understand. Yeah. Now that I've brought the room down. <laughs> oh man, uh, Brandon, I didn't. I was telling Kurt, I didn't get a chance to finish the Abdullah the Butcher uh, Dark Side of the Ring. I've got about fifteen minutes left in it. Still want to discuss it today. Um, yeah. But uh, I didn't get a chance to finish watching it. I did learn some things that I didn't know before. I didn't, 
I didn't know that uh, that he had brothers and sisters. I'd never heard that. And uh, you know, the house he lived in, one of the, one of his brothers and sisters were uh, were sleeping in the tub. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts? You you had something to say on on the uh, on the pregame about it. What did you think about that whole situation um, involving him and Hannibal? Uh, I, I thought that it was an, a, a rather unfortunate situation because, you know, you know, in the wrestling business, you know, especially when you're dealing with wrestlers who wrestle a certain type of style and Abdullah wrestled a hardcore style. And sometimes, you know, shit happens. And I think that it's one of those cases where I don't think that Abdullah deliberately tried to give the man up with case for the listeners that don't know Hannibal end up um, con- uh, contracting hepatitis C and Abdullah the butcher end up testing positive for hepatitis C and they had a match and the blade that Abdullah used to blade himself. He used the same blade to, um, uh, to blade. cut Hannibal, Hannibal. So he's so basically Hannibal's putting two and two together and he's just like, you gave me hepatitis C. And according to like, you know, court documents and stuff, it hasn't really been proven, but Abdullah, because he failed to go to court, um, he basically took responsibility for it. And they're saying the reason why Abdullah didn't go to court was simply because he can't read and write. So he got the mail for him to go to court, the summons and everything, but as they say, he can't read or write. So he didn't know he had to go to court. So he ended up basically, you know, taking responsibility for it, but it hadn't been proven that he actually gave um the guy hepatitis c so i just think that overall it's just it's just an unfortunate situation um from looking at the video i think it might have just been one of those things that just kind of happened in the heat of the moment and once again you know man abdullah come from the old school so it's like they did things way they were told they were way more unsafe back in the day than what they were than what they are now like credit to the wrestling business for trying to protect the wrestlers because, you know, a lot of times, we talk, we talked about this on the pregame yesterday as well. A lot of times, um, if you give wrestlers free reign, they're not going to protect themselves because they're basically, this is their art. So they're going to do whatever it is that they can to get themselves over with the crowd and everything. And sometimes stuff, and we've seen in the past, where sometimes doing stuff like that could be potentially dangerous and career-ending. So at the time, when Hannibal did his documentary, he thought his career was over. But... You know, I think he ended up getting cured of the hepatitis C or whatever, and he started back wrestling again, but now you're starting to have other wrestlers come out on the internet, and they're basically saying, like, you know, Hannibal could kick rocks with this little sob story because he did way worse shit to other people than Abdullah than what Abdullah did to him, so you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a rather it's a, it's an unfortunate, unfortunate situation. Yeah, I did, uh, you, did you see what he did to the dude? Hannibal? Yeah, what he did yeah they showed it on guy? camera. They yeah. showed it. Yeah, they showed it. No, I, I didn't. I, I didn't see it. Do I, do, I, do, I condone, now, do I condone what he did? No. That's, yeah, no. I, but I, <laughs> I don't believe Hannibal didn't know. You know, how many times have we, we've been watching wrestling for years, and they say if you don't want to cut yourself and you're in the match, the, the other person could do a fight. Right. So I don't believe he didn't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, he can kick rocks. I don't believe him at all. I, and I agree, because I'm like, you had every you had every right to say, no, I don't want you to, I don't. Because, and I think Tony Atlas said this, he was like, if you don't want that other person to cut you, then all you got to do is say, don't do it. But if you gave him permission to do it, it's whatever goes now because it's out of your hands. And whatever happens, happens. It's out of your hands now. So, 
And you know, we've seen um I think about y'all for me with the mass transit incident with mm-hmm. New Jack and that little that yeah. kid. Yeah. And he gave him <laughs> poor guy. He gave New Jack the position the, the permission to cut him. New Jack cut the shit out of him. He almost bled to death. And I think unfortunately, I think that guy they say he took his life or something like, like that after that. Yeah, that he's he um he was in there screaming. Yeah, I mean, screaming it, like a little, screaming like a little girl. Yeah, and his dad was was in the crowd, just like, oh shit, what's happening to my sons? Um, right. I, I'm torn on this issue. Um, nobody knows whether or not Abdullah knew that he had Hep C, um, except Abdullah. Right. Um, I only think he knew. I and that's so. and that's what I'm saying. He he says I, he didn't. I believe know. he knew. I believe he knew. I believe he knew. And I'm I'm kind of on on the side with you, Kurt. I believe that he knew. And if if you know something like that, then either you need to cut out bleeding altogether, or something because you can it's it's too easily transmitted. Right. And he was making too much money, and he didn't care. He didn't. Care. And that's that's probably it. Um, yeah. and taking, especially taking, I don't, I don't give it. This is, this is my opinion as a fan, never having stepped between, stepped between those ropes. If, if I'm bleeding, I know that it is unsanitary to cut someone with the same blade that I just used. Exactly. So on, on one hand, I, I agree with you, Brandon, that I think it was just, he wasn't thinking in the heat of the moment, did it? Um, but then at the same time, I think even if you don't have any disease, you, you have to have the presence of mind. Like I can't blade myself in a match and then go right behind and blade Kurt with that same blade. That's okay. But listen, he's been in the business 30, 40 years. Why would you keep the same blade any fucking way? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Why would you do that? That, that, that makes zero sense at all. No. Yeah, and, right. and so that's that's why I'm on the fence about the the whole lawsuit I don't think, thing. But I don't think this if I can interject. I don't think that Abdul is the only guy that's ever done that. I think there's a bunch of guys that was doing that. Oh, shit I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Was positive that was yeah. going on. They was dead wrong for that, you know. But, but why would you? But why razor blades cost a dollar? Why would you keep the same one? I have no now, idea. Now, now look, I can I can see this in in this. Let's say. From the early 80s back, let's say from 81 back, I could, I'm not saying it's good, but I get people doing that. But once we found out about AIDS, there should have been nobody from the moment we found out about HIV and AIDS forward using the same blade. Right. Cause, cause you had, you had all the information there. Yeah. And I, I just think that's irresponsible. Um, I don't mean to shit on Abdullah. I, 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 you know, it's unfortunate that he's going through the shit he's going through, but in a large degree, he has his self to blame for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he agrees. Yeah. I did. I did see where I I think he would agree. I did see where, uh, uh, he talked about, um, he didn't, or rather, he said he didn't want to talk about a certain part of that. Um, and and I can understand that, I th- and I think that's where he knows that that he fucked himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate, man, because I mean, part I agree with with part of what they said that he comes from an era 
where wrestlers could do what they do and get away with it. Um, like Tony Atlas said, there there wasn't any complaining back then. If you complained, you were told to get the hell out of town. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he comes from that era, and by the time the 2000s ran around, he was already in this shit for, what, six decades, seven decades? I, You know, I was telling Brandon last night, he started wrestling in 1950. It was either 55 or 58. I don't remember which. But uh, so that old school, for better or worse, is, is ingrained in him. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation. A man that, that was you know, almost larger than life when we were kids is, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, it, I hate to see it, but I understand why it happened, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I didn't realize he was that big in Japan. He would have had all the video games and movies with him in it. Yeah, that blew now, my mind right yes. there. That blew my mind. I knew he was huge in Japan in terms of wrestling, but like you said, Kurt, I had no idea he had video games, uh, cereal, an album. What and what is it with 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 the Japanese culture that wrestlers come over cut an album? Terry Funk know, did it. Abdullah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something. I have no idea. And and I guarantee you, in Japan, he was getting paid in cash. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee you he was getting paid in cash. I believe it. So I, be- I definitely believe it. But I, I can't wait to finish it. Um It was so. good. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought they put the show together good. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see that one. Um I think that's we need to do a sh- once this season is over, maybe of Dark Side of the Ring, we need to do a show kind of recapping the season and what we thought about them. Because I know Kurt, you you are a huge Magnum T A fan and you thought that, that they did I him an injustice. Yeah, they definitely did. That, that's one of the worst ones they've ever done. I was so disappointed. Wow. So disappointed. Yeah, so they missed, they missed so much in that. I'm like, it felt like if you look at it, and if you know Madden take career, it felt like they just threw it together. They left so much shit out of it. It, it, it was terrible. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Because he he was on that upward trajectory. He was the the the, the king in waiting, so to speak. Uh, and then that that wreck just just killed everything. Uh, yeah. Hill Club, you're right. He did. He had a huge future. And and as you get older, Kurt, I think you'll agree with this. Being the Magnum TA fan, you are. Um, when you get older and kind of understand the business a little bit better, you see just how good he was. Absolutely. I mean, we Absolutely. we loved him as kids, but when you get older, you like holy shit, this dude. He was the shit. He was what three, four yeah. years into his career at that point. Yep, and was already the 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 next big thing. Um, yeah, but with the with the the Abdullah the Butcher Dark Side of the Ring episode um, coming off the heels of that, our good friends at AEW have issued some rules and regulations for their wrestlers. Show the. Four years too late, but you know, hey, better late than never. Um, so we're gonna go through these uh, these list of things first. But they've got they have some that are that are outright banned, but then they have some that need permission from. And I'm assuming, uh, let's see, it just says new list of moves and actions that require pre pre approval. Now I'm not sure if that's from the agent working the match with them or if that's from legal and or medical Tony Khan, I don't know. 
but uh, here's what they have to have pre-approval for. Spots and bumps on the ring apron and outside. Thank you, because I think the ring apron moves are dangerous as shit. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, table, ladder, and chair spots in and out of the ring only allowed with padding. I assume they mean like when Chris Jericho fell and that big poof came up. Um, any elevated spots outside of the barricades, dives, and ladder spots on stage, around the arena, and other places outside of the ring. All pile driver slash tombstone variations, including sit-down drivers, inverted, poison, hurricane rana. I guess that's a, is that the backwards hurricane rana? Well, yeah, yeah I so since, no it says, since it inverted, says, inverted. I guess, well, the, I don't know. That's what I was about to say, a uh, school teacher that, uh, uh, because they said inverted, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Outverted, I don't know if that's a damn And word. the vertebrakers. I can understand the vertebraker. I remember when Shane Helms was doing that move in WCW. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit was, whoo. All right. And then we got high-risk dives or top rope moves, 450, 360, double moon salts. I don't know what an SSP is, and et cetera. Uh, intentional bleeding of any sort, not just bleeding. Uh, throwing people into, through, or over ring steps, commentary table, bell table, or guardrails and barricades. Weapon usage. Chairs, pipes, kendo sticks, hammers, ring bells, bats, chains, etc. Title belts, thumbtacks, skewers, barbed wire, and other sharp puncturing objects. Powders, aerosol sprays, or liquids. Oh, man. Throw in any weapon or object, chairs, etc. See Matt Hardy for that one. Choking slash strangling with hands or a weapon or hanging spots. Uh, let's see. Injury spots or angles, whether or not medical is involved slash called to the ring. So wait a minute. Are they saying like if, if for instance, if Kurt does a move to me and part of the, the well, I mean, that's selling in general. That's crazy. I, I would need more clarification on that one. Because if Kurt, like, does a spear to me and and I stand up and then fall over holding my ribs, I'm selling the move. I don't know. Uh, any physicality in the crowd or crowd brawling, any physically involved... Wait a minute, they can't fight in the crowd no more. Well, that's one they need... They need this is one they need permission for. So they can still oh. do it. They just have to get permission first. Okay, well, of course they're going to get permission. All right, but they... Uh, any physicality involving referees, managers, extras, celebrities, or special guests. Um, how do you... Like, obviously, I would think you would work it over beforehand if you're going to do something like a referee bump or a manager bump or something. I would. Some of this is like, this should be... None of us are involved in the wrestling business, but we know not to do these things. So. Right. All right, now here's any do do you guys want to talk about any of these the ones that they need approval for before I no. go on to the ones that are banned? <clears throat> no, <laughs> they don't. No. I, I think the inverted uh, hurricane rana needs to be done away with because that needs to be under the banned moves and actions. Okay, this is the yes. list of AEW's uh, banned 
moves and actions. Chair shots to the head. Chair shots to the back of the head. Good. Buckle bombs. Good. Moves where wrestler falls backwards into thumb or into turnbuckle, not thumbtacks. Imitating concussion or seizure symptoms while selling a move. Good. Uh, Spitting. (laughs) Spitting? That's what it says. Spitting. So no more airplane spins. No, spitting. Like, oh, 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 (laughs) spit. Sorry, no, Hill Club. Uh, uh, Spitting like, like, damn. Um, Bleeding while in the crowd. That should have been a given. Yeah. Using using weapons or projectiles in the crowd. That should have been a given. Yeah. Lawsuit. Throwing anything with blood on it into the crowd. Why would you do that? Lawsuit waiting to happen. (laughs) Why would you do that? Lawsuit. Oh, man. Taking food and drinks from fans in the crowd. CMJF. Throwing throwing. Tequila on a kid. <laughs> right. Yeah, law suit. Fucking idiot. Out of suit the shit out of him. Uh, making contact with fans in the crowd. Now, I'm going to assume that's, uh, you know, obviously that includes physically grabbing someone in, in the crowd. But, I mean, like I've seen MJF flip somebody's hat off before. And it's just, you can't do that shit in today's wrestling society. Uh, hell no. So everybody look for, everybody look for an opportunity to get yeah. some money. And I yeah. think that it's kid that got the, the tequila thrown on him, I think the lawsuit was averted on that because they gave that, that family a shit turn of, shit ton of merchandise. Uh, yeah, let me know when you're done because I, I have some comments. To make yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kurt. So do we really think that these going to be enforced or followed? Um, no, that's that's what I was going to discuss next. Um, okay, yeah. So I'll let you go through it, and then we'll discuss it. So my yes. thing is, all right, I, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, and somebody else. I can't remember who else. Those are those are agents that we know. Um, so <clears throat> Arn Anderson is working as the agent for a match between, let's say, Kenny Omega and John Moxley. So. As, as pre-planned as some of these guys do their their matches, do they have do they have to go line by line? I'm going to do a, a, a double hurricane run off the off the top rope. Can I do that, Arn? And if Arn says no, or Moxley says okay, when when Kenny hits me with the kick, I'm going to blade. Can can we do that? And Arn says no. Is is Tony uh, going to back them up? And this just leaves, to me, it leaves a lot to question. Um, but to answer your question directly, Kurt, I don't know that these will be enforced strictly because if they if they are, it's going to kill a lot of guys' careers in in AEW, and that's not necessarily a bad thing for some of that talent, in my opinion. Um, but the thing about it is, this where I I I, I truly understand what he's trying to do. But at the heat of the moment, you take all creativity away from the rascals in the ring on what they – well, I should, I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm doing it anyway. It, it just makes a lot of hesitation on what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. And I I don't see this being enforced at all. Yeah. 
And if it is, you know, the wrestlers not just so robotic, it's already bad. It's going to get even worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like the chair shots to the head, for instance. Knowing what we know about CTE uh, and concussions in general now, I think everybody is better off not taking a chair shot to the head. Now, but that's why they put their hands up. And I think that's part of wrestling to where, yeah. in my opinion, you, that's something that you just can't get away. You can't do away with it. Yeah. That's just me. Now, and to your credit, um, I've heard people like Cornette, for instance, say that there there are safe ways to take chair shots. It's just that these guys don't know how to do it. Or like Masato Tanaka and ECW or Mick Foley when they did the I Quit match. You know, Mick Foley was out by chair shot. Well, he wasn't out, but he was out of it by chair shot number two, and he took 10. Yeah. 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 So yeah. stuff like that, unprotected chair shots, yes. But if you know Correct. how to work it and you know how to do it, then I'm with you. That's that's something that is a part of wrestling. Um, I've always hated the buckle bomb. I, I've always thought that was dangerous because the guy's going backwards into the turnbuckles and at the very least could get whiplash. So I've never liked the buckle bomb, so I'm glad that they have, have did away with that. Um, I'm and just I trying don't. To picture that in my head right now because I can't. All right, what is that? You get all right. Where uh, somebody gets a, uh, a wrestler up, like they're gonna give them a power bomb, and instead right. of giving them a power bomb, they run towards the corner and toss the wrestler into the the turnbuckle. And well, they do that shit every week. I know, and I I hope they stop it because that's that's what hurts Sting in in WWE. It's what hurt Finn Balor uh, because Finn Balor took it outside. He took it on the barricade. So I just think uh, I, I heard Jim Cornette say, I'm referring to him again. I heard Jim Cornette say that um, whenever it's, it's bad, whenever you're falling backwards like that, unprotected. And I get what he's saying, I think, because like, with a power bomb, the guy that's giving you the power bomb is still holding on to you and controlling you to a point. But when yeah. you just freely throw somebody backwards, there's, you know, there's really no protection for that. Yeah, um, all this reminds me of back in, in WCW when uh, Bill Watts came in and he put all those rules in place and, you know, no more over the top rope or jumping off top rope. And it probably just went to shit after that. And I just think announcing this publicly it's something you should not do at all. I think this is fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, come on, man. Taking taking food and drink from fans, bleeding in the crowd, throwing things that are bloody. Why do you, the- have, to annou- Why do you have to announce that? Right. And then that's what I'm saying. That's that shit that you shouldn't have to say, but apparently it's been done. So he said, okay, look, you threw that bloody shirt in the crowd because you wanted to give a fan something to take home from the match. No more of that shit. That's fucking stupid. And, and for me, if, if, if I was at an AEW event and John Moxley threw a bloody shirt and it hit me, like I want to go over the rail and whoop his ass. I don't want your blood on me, man. Brandon, what do you think about all these? Oh, Brandon's got us on on uh, on pause for a moment. Guess he's oh, back. My fault. I forgot. I've got to take it off. My bad. <laughs> I'll just see. I, 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 I stepped to go get me some old coffee and I just forgot to. Take it back off. I'm just sitting back listening to y'all. <laughs> but um, what I what I think about the rules? Yeah, 
Um, I think that some of those rules are necessary, especially as far as the you know the chest shots to the head and everything. Um, it's just going back to what I said a few minutes ago when we were talking about Abdullah. Um, you know, some, you got to protect the wrestlers from themselves because this is their art. So they're going to do whatever it is they got to do to get over. And sometimes, um, you know, when you are trying to, you know, elevate yourself, sometimes I don't think that you think rationally. And so you have to put like, you know, rules and boundaries in place to make sure that a, the, the wrestlers protect themselves and other people and B, they protect the business. Well, at least on the corporate side of things, because wrestling is now corporate. And so anytime you start messing with sponsors and all that, or some or a big major sponsor come and say, Hey, we don't um um we don't we don't like that you all use the pizza cutter while we was running the Pizza Hut commercial or whatever. <laughs> we got blood everywhere and stuff. And uh yeah, that was perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> it got the first thing I thought about. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I never forget. But anyway, because <laughs> I don't even think they did that on purpose. Yeah, that was. I think that was just dumb luck, right? Okay. Well, I don't know that I'll okay. call it luck. Okay. Uh, okay, listeners, this is what we're, in case you don't know what we're referencing to, uh, last year, there was a match between Chris Jericho and what's my guy's name from GCW? Nick Gage. Nick Gage. It was a, uh, de- it was, they had a whole death match on national television, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's so part of <laughs> it's so part of uh Nick Gage's stick is that he likes to use a pizza cutter to cut his opponent, right? So he goes and use the pizza cutter. AEW goes to commercial, you know how they do the pitch and pitch and and I'll be damned that the first commercial they come on, it was a damn pizza hut commercial and they had the pizza cutter called across. And it's picture in picture on top of that. It is picture in picture. So it's not like you, it's not like you went from that to the pizza ad. It's Man. like you're seeing that while the pizza ad is running. Uh, Twitter was so, Twitter was so damn funny that night, man. That was, but you know what? It was, but I, I think, I think Pizza Hut was cool with it. But if, if it would have been the wrong sponsor, say if it was like a Starbucks and you went through hot coffee on somebody, somebody might have a problem with it. So you have to do things to protect the wrestlers from themselves and you got to protect your bottom line as well. So I'm glad they put those rules in place. Is everybody going to put the, is everybody going to go by the rules? I don't think so, but you know, Hey, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. So so this is my thing. I have no problem with the rules, but my, my issue is why do we have to fucking announce it to the world? Right. Just keep it in house. I so mean, like, I, I like, I like how WWE does it. They keep it in house, so they'll just do like a little. Well, that that depends on what quiet. it is, because WWE loves to get that good PR. Yeah, yeah but just, but I Steve, just, I have I mean, a problem with a lot of... just, just don't announce it. I think all the rules are good to keep wrestlers safe, but don't announce it. Don't yeah. announce it. Well, I think I, I don't. To be fair, I don't know if AEW announced this or if somebody got a hold of it. Um, I haven't found that out yet, but, um, yeah, I agree. Just keep it in house, but these are for better or worse. These are now public entity or not entities, but they're, they're, they're brand public brands and they want that good PR. Hey, we're doing right by our shit. So I don't know, but I, I, one, I am glad that they have to get permission for it is the, the spots on the ring apron. I hate those. I hate the 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 power bomb to the edge of the ring apron. I hate oh, the power bomb on the ring apron. 
Um, I they just they make me cringe every time I see them. Cause it is so. The, and the thing about it is, when did that shit become so popular that everybody started doing it? Because that shit can hurt somebody. You know, yes, bad. Yeah. I, and in the career, that's they the like, hardest part. That is the hardest part of the ring. Learning like, why and it, it, But why did that become such a big thing that everybody in the fucking wrestling industry is doing? You kill somebody. I'm, I think I'm because going, it looks. I'm I think going, because it looks so brutal. And then it was a cool spot. So, you know, anytime, anything that's a cool spot, we can go back to when we talked about Hell in the Cell, and then next thing you know, everybody started jumping off cages. Or flying off cages and stuff like that. It's a bad. And they try to find all these, they try to find all these different ways to try and top it. But once again, somebody got to step in and be like, hey, you need to chill out because you can seriously hurt somebody doing that. Yeah. hurt yourself. I I may sound like the, the, not the old guy in the room, but just, complaining but i think you you probably have kurt s how did that become popular you probably have the independent circuit to thank for that um like brandon said somebody did it the first time and the crowd popped for it so it may it and and with aew especially uh brought up a lot of the people from the independent circuit um before they were ready and now you've got this you got guys like jericho doing it you've got guys like cesaro doing it um, and Hill Club mentioned uh, Kevin Owens. You're damn right. That power bomb I, to the edge of the ring. I, he needs to stop time. that shit. I remember the first time I saw this when he did it on uh, Sami Zayn at NXT when he debuted. I said, "Holy shit! I ain't never seen that before." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree with Kurt. I think that shit's just dangerous. Um. I'm trying to look at anything else. Um, all pile drivers slash tombstone variations, including sit down drivers, inverted poison, hurricane. No more, no more pile drivers. Well, that's when they got to get permission for it. They got to get permission. Okay, okay, okay. I was about to say because I know WWE banned it all together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah, they banned it. That's that's what I meant. What I was saying earlier, the WWE banned stuff, and you wouldn't even know it. I didn't know that. And they yeah, didn't know yeah. that. Nobody, I, I was wondering why I hadn't seen a pile driver in so long. But they <laughs> banned the, I forgot why, but they banned the pile driver. The the only person that was allowed to do it was the Undertaker. But the Taker had the, the Taker Kane had the tombstone, and then I don't even think because you know that was Jared King Lawler finishing move. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he was able to do it no more after that either. Or he might have been the only one that could because that's that's his finishing move besides that flying punch. So, yeah. um, Snake Eyes. It, Hill Club, I think I think the Snake Eyes would be okay because even though you're being tossed towards the turnbuckle, the the wrestler still controls that. That's why they put their hands on the ropes to either side. So I think the Snake Eyes might be okay. Um, I'm and I've never liked this, and I'm assuming that's what this is. I've never liked the backwards Hurricane Rana. Um, that shit just it spells disaster to me. Uh, because you're going backwards, I, they're doing this shit off the top rope now. I think that they did that in that uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey match when they were in NXT, and I think it was Bailey. If had she not flipped at the right time, she'd have broke her neck. Yeah, it's just I mean that was that was the that was that was probably the scariest part of that match because she she literally could have broken her neck, but you know yeah. pulled her out. So and then we got you need permission for weapon usage. Okay, chairs. Kendo sticks. We gonna we gonna call it the Singapore cane, as Brandon said before. Yes, sir. Um, ring bells. Okay, like the chairs, 
the Singapore <laughs> cane, the ring bell, and the title belts. That's part of wrestling. Yeah. Um. Now you start getting into pipes and hammers, and that's a little bit different. I mean, baseball bats. Uh, they were using baseball bats on on TBS back in the eighties. That's why Dusty got suspended. Yeah, I think all this shit is a waste of fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that time the big boss man and Bull Buchanan hit Taz in the head with a hammer, and Taz got back up immediately. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't until you just said it. YouTube, go back on YouTube and find it. That was some of the. That, that was some bull. First of all, anybody get knocked outside the head with a hammer, <clears throat> you need to have a hole in your head. Taz didn't even bleed. He didn't have a knot on his head or nothing. <laughs> he just got back up, and then so Jr. is trying to get over how Taz is this toughest person, and I'm just like, man, come on, bro. Yeah, he ain't. He ain't that damn tough. And yeah, nobody no. tough enough it, to take a headshot with I, a hammer. I just feel like, but just overall, and I know this is all subject, but just overall, I feel like they did when, when Taz got to the WWE, they did Taz dirty. Man, yes, that could be a whole episode of itself. Yeah, they did Taz dirty. I'm still pissed off about that because Taz was one of my favorites. Yeah. And I did you know how long it took me to realize that he wasn't black? <laughs> I didn't know he was well, I, I didn't know he wasn't black. He looked black, what but he's not black. Because he, he has a darker skin tone. Yeah, he has a darker skin tone. I don't mean... I know, but <laughs> from the naked eye, I didn't know he wasn't black. It wasn't until I got grown. I was like, damn, Taz ain't black. So, okay, but anyway, let's move on. I mean, I can, I, can, I can see why Brandon thought that. I mean... He has a he has a darker skin tone. Like, he's darker than most... Uh, oh, my fucking... Hill Club said he thought he was, too. <laughs> It ain't just me. <laughs> it ain't even saying brother and all that. I thought it was black or mixed with black or something. I never thought that. All right, let's move on. My bad. All right, so <laughs> on, on the heels on the heels of of AEW announcing their rules and regulations. Now um, there is an article out from SI.com, and several several outlets pick this up. It's not just SI, but I'm I'm going to read the one from SI.com, SportsIllustrated.com, uh, by Justin Basaro or Barrasso on July 13th, 2023. Kenny Omega dismisses critics who say he's too reckless. Quote: Just shut the fuck up. Uh, let's see. Some observers. Observers thought the Tiger Driver in his match against Will Ospreay was needless, needlessly dangerous. Omega doesn't want to hear it. Let's get to the article now. I don't care about Kim Kardashian. Uh, okay, here's the article. Transcendent athletes need the opportunity to create. What a ridiculous opening line. If you wouldn't tell Patrick Mahomes how to play quarterback or question the way Nikola Josic operates his inside-outside game, or even explain the finer points of hitting or pitching to Shohei Otani, then why are people telling Kenny Omega how to wrestle? It's a question Omega has grappled with since last month's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. That isn't to imply Omega discarded people's genuine well-wishers after taking a devastating-looking Tiger driver at the pay-per-view where he was effectively dumped on his head by Will Ospreay. Omega appreciates people caring about his health, but also feel he has earned the right as an artist to wrestle a style that he believes will be the most effective. 
Omega's creativity was on full display at Forbidden Door against Osprey. This was a rematch of their exceptional bout at Wrestle Kingdom in January, and somehow the sequel exceeded the original. An integral part or an integral reason why the match was so emotional was the Tiger Driver. Throughout the story of the match, Osprey could not muster the strength to break Omega's fighting spirit, so he instead broke him with the Tiger Driver, which led to the finishing sequence just shy of the 40-minute mark. In the ensuing weeks, Omega has, has repeatedly heard the move is too dangerous, yet he is the painter holding the brush, and ultimately he decides how the art unfolds on the canvas. Wow. There are a lot of people criticizing who do not have my best interests at heart, says Omega, who is 39-year-old Tyson Smith. They just want to put a dark mark on that match, which was which is a performance I'm extremely proud of. And performances like that will be, will be few and far between as I get older and older. Providing insight into why that move was so valuable to the heartbeat of the match, Omega shared a detailed view of its significance. In terms of a live and physical performance, I've never seen anything more mind-blowing skill-wise, performance-wise, production-wise than Cirque du Soleil. Uh, then Cirque du Soleil <laughs> says the Canadian-born star who was honored to wrestle one of the most spectacular matches of his career at Forbidden Door in Toronto. To me, that's the peak form of that style of entertainment. As I watch these shows and their stunts and their compositions for every scene, it is rare for me to go, that looks easy. I could do that. But there certainly are times when I watch what they do and know this is their identity, and this is the reason why they're on that stage. Now, he's still talking about Cirque du Soleil, not wrestling. During the high-flying acrobatics, or seamlessly... Wait, hold up. Let me restart that. During the, the high-flying acrobatics, or s seamlessly strung together choreography, I never go, how stupid is this guy? If, he's if he falls, he's dead. We'd be dead if we tried that. But here's the thing, we're not them. We'll never be them. We weren't meant to be them. Omega possesses a steadfast confidence, which is a prerequisite for any talent at the top of their field. That belief is rooted in its preparation. During Forbidden Door, that belief, which could have hindered someone un unprepared or reckless in the, in the moment, brought his match with Osprey to an entirely different level. There are people who want to complain and put themselves on a pedestal by saying what we did was dangerous, says Omega. Well, you think? So I've been asked, why did we do it? It made sense in the match and evoked emotion, and we both knew I would end up coming out of the move unscathed. Is there risk? Sure, there's always risk. Look at the way Mike Tyson boxed. His style was so dangerous. He stayed so close to his opponent. What was he doing boxing in style? Or, huh? What was he doing boxing in style? I don't, I don't know what that means. Shouldn't, be, shouldn't he have fought more stick and move and waited for the counterpunch? Wouldn't that have been better for his brain? Didn't he understand how dangerous it was? But that's what made him Mike Tyson. It is no different with Omega. 
to reach his absolute best, Omega must be afforded the space to create his own work. Now, he's speaking in third person. Don't tell me not to wrestle the way I know how to wrestle, says Omega. Is there a risk? Was there a risk when Mike Tyson was fighting within inches of space between another championship-level boxer throwing power punches? Of course. But Tyson was confident in his abilities, and he knew he was the best. So don't tell Mike Tyson how to box, and don't tell Tyson Smith how to wrestle. You aren't even close to being qualified. Just shut the fuck up. Damn. Omega's fire embodies the passion he embeds into his craft. For Omega, this is more than his job. It's his livelihood. And I heard this. I'm going to pay credit where it's due. I heard this on the Cornette podcast. Isn't, Isn't his job and livelihood the same thing? I... Now only days before AEW brings blood and guts to Dynamite, Omega returns to AAA for a rematch with Vikingo at Triple Mania. Three months ago, Omega wrestled Vikingo on Dynamite. The match was spectacular, offering a product entirely different from what is available in mainstream American wrestling. The highlight reel included a bullet top rope con helio, hurricane rana, shooting star press, springboard 450, Running springboard 630 through a table, a V-trigger, and Omega's trademark, and and superiorly protected, I don't know why they felt the need to put that in there, one-wing angel finisher. I thought it was the one-wing fairy, but... So there you have it. Uh, Kenny Omega... Oh, wait. No, that's not it. Oh, Lord. Yeah, no, we'll we'll stop there, because this it goes on and on. Um, So, Kenny Omega told people to shut the fuck up. Um, I didn't get a chance to see that match between him and Osprey. I think we talked about that when we reviewed that pay-per-view. Um, Kurt, you liked the match. I think both of you liked the match, but I know, uh, Kurt has some very high praise for it. What did you think about the Tiger Driver? Do you think it was an unnecessary, uh, move added to the match? I don't. I thought it was a good match and the move, you know, it looked devastating, but he protected it. I, I never thought he was in danger of getting seriously hurt or anything. Okay. What about you, Brandon? Not not, not at all. Oh, if I may, I would like to play something that this whole that whole soliloquy that he just said reminds me of. <laughs> if y'all don't mind. Oh, go, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. The floor is yours. I, I hope my computer is loud enough. Let's let's try it. Back in nineteen ninety one. I have always wanted to ask you one question. Who are you? Don't ever tell me how to wrestle. I'm Ric Flair. You're missing That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> Ric Flair went ape shit on Vince. Who are you to tell me how to wrestle? And that's basically the whole thing that he just said. That's all I can hear. But anyway. Man, I, really, I really didn't give a fuck. So who, yeah, who cares? I don't care. Right. Who are you? Who, 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 yeah. if they, hey. Yes, you're a trade professional and everything. Can't nobody tell you how to do your job or whatever. But and at the same time, we have like a right I said, to critique I, it. And, but I never thought the move, like I said, it looked devastating, but I never thought he was in any danger of getting hurt. And he took care I didn't of it. He took care of it. So I, you know. It just looked it looked really, really good. Y'all remember it those did. tasks? Y'all it remember did. those ta- y'all remember those task plexes from back in the day? 
Hell yeah. Because <laughs> that's the reason why when Taz went to the WWE and he, he did them damn Taz places on Kurt Angle. God almighty. And that's why they like killed it right there. They was like, nah, that's too dangerous or whatever. But if you look at it really closely, Taz and Kurt was on the same page. Kurt was going to be fine regardless. You know what I'm saying? They just have a way of just doing it just to make it look good because you don't want it to look you don't really want it to look like it look cupcake or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. You want to make it look good, but there is a way to do it to protect the other person. And if a person has experience doing it, you should be able to trust them enough that they'll be able to get it done. People have got um shout out to Draws, rest in peace. Draws got paralyzed off a of routine powerbomb. Yeah. Uh Pop broke his leg running. I think he was like he just put his leg into the ring or not into the ring but he just planted his leg and broke his leg shit happens Vince tore both quads sliding into the ring that was fucking <laughs> yeah I thought I think this is a, a bunch of do about nothing I never Dude. thought he was any danger they professional wrestlers they made it look good that's bottom line I'm not a kid and make a fan at all but they made it look good and that yeah. match was very good it's damn good. I don't. I don't use very good at all in my vocabulary. You sure don't. <laughs> he sure does not. Yeah, it, was, it was very good. More, more on that to come. More yeah, on that to come. I need to call an audible. I need to call an audible because we have a big grand omission on our part that we did not uh, discuss during a pregame or this morning. We forgot to talk about collision. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But we can so solve. There, <clears throat> yeah, there are two matches I really want to talk about. Uh, the FTR match against um, Jay White and uh, Jay, um, whatever his fucking name is. Rock Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rock Hard. We got we to gotta talk about that. Take, take, and take, then um, the, um, dang. Ricky Starks and um, CM Punk. CM yeah. Punk. So right. I want to read something to y'all because I have a big opinion about it. Dave Meltzer, this is what he said about the FCR match. He said, I felt that the FCR match was the best tag team match ever on U.S. television. Mm. That's a strong statement. Mm. It's 2023. He said that's mm. the best match he's ever seen on U.S. television. Mm. So I'm going to let you, y'all can go first, but I'm, I have a strong opinion about this match. Well, so I'm going to let you and Brandon have the floor, and I'm going to go like first, Well, first of all, um, I, I think on last week's show, um, I think Kurt and I were under the impression that this would be strong across several nights, not just uh, two out of three in one match. Yeah. So I want to acknowledge our mistake on that. Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed the match, and... Here's where where I'm probably going to get it from from some fans. Um, I thought that match was way too damn long. Um, I agree. I, I, I agree. I didn't like that it took up the the entire. And I I am a huge fan of FTR. I think right now they are the best tag team in all of professional wrestling. So I'm a huge fan of FTR. But I just think an hour long match to open a show. If you're going to do an hour-long match, let that close the show. Let that close the show. Because how do you top an hour-long tag team best two out of three falls match when that's the very first show on, or match on the card? How do you beat that? Right. Um, so I just – I think that was a placement problem. I just wasn't a fan of, of 
I wasn't a fan of the hour long match. Um, as far as it being the best, it, did he say tag team match or just best wrestling match? Tag team. Best tag team. Okay. Best tag team. Best tag team match he's ever seen on U.S. soil. And and before then, the, the one he had that was the top was the Midnight Express versus the Fantastics on, um, I think it was Clash of Champions 2. Okay. All right. Um, well, that, was a good, that was a good match. I don't know that I would say, no, well, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't think that was the best wrestling tag team match that I've ever seen on U.S. television. Um, it ranks up there, but I think for me, the hour, the length of the match, and the fact that it opened the show is somewhat what killed it for me. And I know that may sound crazy to some of you listening, but that's just how I feel. And uh, Brandon, I'll kick it over to you. Give your opinion of the match before we hear what Kurt has to say. Well, I thought that this this was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. Do I say this is the best that was ever on U.S. television? No, but I think it was one. Any any time that a match first first, I didn't even realize that they had gone almost an hour until. Um, I guess I I just kind of just happened to check my phone or whatever, and I was like, "Well, damn, this match been going on forty five minutes," but I didn't really pay no attention because I was really into the match. And so I agree. I mean, I agree. If they would have put that, <clears throat> if that match would have went on in the main event and went 58 minutes, then I think that would have made a difference. But to open up the show with a 58 minute long match. Yeah. And then I was kind of wondering like, okay, is there a time limit? And then I heard the announcer say, Hey, we ain't got but five minutes left. So I was like, okay, they do have a time limit. Good. But other than that, um, I, I did, Thoroughly enjoy the match, um, but I don't. I wouldn't consider that the best tag team match on U.S. that was ever on U.S. <clears throat> television. I think that there are tag team matches that were better and were shorter. But you know, hey, teach his own. Yeah, I mean, Hill Hill Club brought up that uh, FTR versus the Briscoes were, was better, and I agree with that. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think I'm on record. I'm on, I'm on record as saying that was the best damn tag, that th- especially that third one. That was the best damn tag team match I've ever seen in my life, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I, you know, I <clears throat> that that dog collar match. That was the third one, right? That was the third one. Okay, that dog collar match. To be honest, I wasn't interested in seeing it at first because it was a tag team dog collar match, and I just thought of everything that could go wrong with that. Yeah, but. They did it, and it was great. Not good, not very good, great. Um, and that's that's my opinion. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, Kurt, what, did, what is your opinion of, of what Meltzer had to say and the match? So I disagree with him on the match being the best ever on USTV. We've all, we know, we think that Briscoes and FTR were way better than that. And I agree with you, Ron. It definitely shouldn't have been on first. It should have been last. With the time that they took up. I think CM Funk and Ricky Stark should have been first to keep everybody engaged in the show. And yeah. then you put FTR and um, White and uh, Robson on last to close the show out. I, I, yeah. I thought that would have been better. My problem like- with this whole match was the FTR is the best yeah. tag team in the world. And for 58 minutes, for they got their ass beat this whole fucking match. 
the whole entire match. They they made him seem very weak in my opinion because they got the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made White and Robson like they were the, the best fucking wrestlers in the world. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Are you trying to just build this team up on the on on the backs of MTR to make them look better? Because that if you if that's your goal, you definitely did it. Because White and Robson looked like they couldn't be beat that night at all. You made him look spectacular, like the best fucking wrestlers in the world ever. That's what you made him look that night. If that was your goal, you accomplished it. Because you made FTR look very weak, and they scraped by on winning that match by the skin they uh, chin. And I didn't like that at all. Chin, chin, chin. Yeah, I didn't like it either. I, I just think they, for whatever reason, in my opinion, since FTR has arrived, they they've been made to look weak. Well, let me re, let me back up and and try to explain this a little bit better. It feels like or seems like someone within AEW is trying to make them look weak, but FTR finds a way to make themselves look better in spite of that. If that makes any sense whatsoever, it make all the sense in the world. <clears throat> I was so pissed off. Like you making this team look invincible. And you make the champs look like they just a piece of shit and they barely won. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, why are you doing that? It made no sense to me at all. The the match was 57 minutes and 57, 58. Uh, They got their ass beat for 50 minutes, 53 minutes and 58. Just took the words right right out my mouth. Like, what the fuck? It's like, it's almost as if y'all ever seen a football game where... One team dominate. I think this happened before. One team dominate the whole game for um for the first what? How many minutes in the football game? Sixty minutes. They dominate the game for forty five minutes, and then next thing you know, there was a team that comes back, scores three touchdowns in the last five. No, not the last five. Damn it! That happened over a course of a quarter and a half. Um. Stop, man. <laughs> Actually, the game that I'm thinking about is there was a game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2003. The Bucs dominated the Colts for the first 45 minutes of that game, 50 yeah. minutes of that game. And then next thing you know, well, really 55 minutes, because next thing you know, Peyton Manning threw three touchdowns in five minutes and ended up taking the game to overtime, and they ended up winning that game in overtime. So, uh, you know, you that's know how what? that match was. And that hit home with me, what you just said, because I was at this man just since the first time living together. So we were out watching that uh, game, and I came home to watch the end of it, and I almost tore the fucking house. I was so fucking mad. Kurt, let me ask this. Do you remember, I can't remember who the other team was, but the team that came back was the Houston Oilers. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Was it okay? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It was the other way around. The Houston Oilers beat shit out of Buffalo, and then Buffalo turned around and came back in, and said, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were down like thirty-five to nothing, and came back yep. in the fourth quarter and won the game. Yeah, yep. and Minnesota did it this year too. They was down like what? It was thirty-five to thirty-three to nothing. Yeah, and yeah. he came back. That whole that Pope that fourth quarter, they came all the way back. Poor Matt Ryan, he's been on the losing end of yeah. two of the greatest. I just think, I, I just think you do. Time. They just doing FCR disservice, making them look so weak. In I my agree. Opinion, I agree. To be 
to be the champions. I was, I was, I almost fucked my TV up that night because I was so <laughs> right. That man, cause that, but that's, but that's just, that's what that remind me of. I'm like, they got their ass beat for 95% of that match. And then they yeah. just, it lasts five minutes. And then, you know, and that's why I always say, man, if you, if you got somebody beat, put their ass away. We learned you, that damn Super Bowl. Any sense to me. I can understand yeah. you trying to yeah, build them up, but don't make them just look weak like that and just make right. this thing look like they just can't be beat at all. Cause that's what it seems like. But now if they, if they would have shaved about maybe 15, 20 minutes off that match, and then FTR made a comeback in the last 10, okay, that might have been a little bit better because then it would have been a little bit more even, in my opinion. But, yeah, AJ, they just came out of nowhere, and I'm like, y'all been getting y'all – like, what, y'all must yeah. have hit that fourth gear or something. Came out of nowhere and and barely won, as Kurt Right, said. I, knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew FTR was going to lose that match. I'm like, okay, they're going to make a comeback, but they're going to lose that match. So, But, yeah, hey. Made no sense to me at all. All right. Yeah. Next up on that show was uh, Ruby Soho versus Willow Nightingale. Um, it's the tournament final. I got up and took a bathroom break on this one. Who won this match? Let's see. Uh, Willow. Willow. Willow Nightingale. All right. So Willow, they gave uh, Bleacher Report gave it a B plus. Uh, I mean, what I did see of the match, it was it was a basic AEW women's match. Um, I, I don't know where they're going with the outcast, um, but they need to break that group up. Um, Ruby Soho, I think, could be better on her own. Um, she just needs to get over the hump. You want me to take where they need to go with her? What's that? To the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I was mean. not expecting that. <laughs> y'all mean sometimes. I'm like, boy, y'all have no idea the people that I... No, <laughs> well, and I don't want so. So let me be clear, Ron. I don't want to want to review the whole card of collision. Okay, I just want to focus on the FTR and then um, CM Punk and uh, Ricky Starks, and then we can move on to okay. Blood and Guts. Like you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time on that, um, yeah. and then we got we got a little uh, little other discussion to have too. Oh. <laughs> All right, CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. <clears throat> I'm going to actually read the review that Bleacher Report gave. Uh, the main event of, of the collision portion of the show was the men's final of the Owen Hart Cup tournament between Punk and Starks. The bell rang and they immediately locked up so they could start trading wrist locks and counters. The crowd chanted for both men and everyone around ringside around the ringside area was on their feet as they continued to trade takedowns and counters. Punk and Starks kept things simple during the first few minutes of the match and focused on chain wrestling until the crowd calmed down a bit. Every time Starks got got the better of him, the second city savior grew more visibly upset. They slowly ramped up the physicality throughout the match, each of the three segments they were given. Punk played into into both the boos, Oh, wait, hold on, I'm reading that wrong. Punk played into the booze as he kept taunting the crowd. Starks drilled him with a spear that sent him out of the ring. He tried for a second spear, but Punk grabbed him in a guillotine. Starks barely reached the ropes with his foot to force the break. They ended up trading pinning combinations until Stark was able to get the pin with a little help from a ring rope. This was a good way to finish... This this was a good way to finish this because it was going to give Punk ammunition to complain while giving Starks the biggest win of his career. 
Winner, Ricky Starks, grade A minus. Um, I would probably agree with the uh, with that grade. I thought the match was good. I didn't necessarily like the finish, but I hadn't thought about it the way Bleacher Report just put it. Um, that it gives it Punk ammunition to complain and gives Starks the biggest win in his career. Looking at it from that way, I think I can go with it then. Um, Kurt, what did you think about the match? I wouldn't give it an A, minus maybe a B. And that's why when, when it happened and I saw your text last week when you were pissed off with the finish, I was like, well, I... The finish makes um, doesn't hurt Punk at all, and it makes Ricky look like a heel, which he is a better heel than he's the babyface. And like I said, for weeks going on, Ricky starts. I'm coming to believe her. He's got gotten a lot better. So I I I, I like that he won. Okay. Because it you know CM Punk is not going to cap. He's not going to get gain anything about being winning this tournament anyway. And I take my hat off to him by even. Allowing uh, Rick starts to go over. Yeah, and, so, you know, and, and so, I, I take my head off you know, on that. Yeah. Try to build new stars. So, exactly. Hats off to CM Punk. Exactly. Uh, Brandon, what did you think about the match? Um, I thought the match was good, and now that y'all, y'all spent it that way, now I feel better about the finish because I hated the finish at first, too. I was like, that's some bullshit. But <laughs> then again, you know what? Hey, CM Punk didn't need it. CM Punk's already a made man. Absolutely. Ricky Starks needed that. Um, he needed that victory more than anything. I was actually rooting for him because he needed it more than anything. And um, it was just one of those cases. He did what he had to do to get what he wanted. So, and now they get you no. Know, okay, Punk has a legitimate complaint. He cheated, you know, but he blatantly cheated. And I thought for a second that the ref was gonna um try and reverse the decision, but, you know, I guess because he wasn't in position to actually see what was going on, he couldn't. So, well, once, you know, it is what it is. And I also didn't like, okay, Juice of Thunder Liger comes out and he just blatantly disrespected me. I love I said, I love yeah, okay, come on, yeah, man, Can we talk like, about hey, that for a moment? Yeah, I love blatantly like, disrespected him. And it, it made it seem like it almost as if he did it on, like that wasn't planned, he did it on purpose, but if it was planned, yeah. they pulled that shit off really good. Get, get your punk ass out of my way. <laughs> give me my damn truck. Get your that punk was, ass out of my, my way. Get your punk ass out of my way. Get your punk ass out of my way. And I love it. I love it. My, my right. question is, was that the real Jushin Liger or was that somebody in the in the getup? Because that's happened before as well. Yeah. Either way, it was funny as hell. I was Absolutely. like, man, I, I, love just... <laughs> I love it. And, and, but the whole point is, why the fuck are you there anyway? Right. What do you have to do with Owen Hart? What do, do you have to do with Owen Hart? Do with Owen Hart. Yeah, yeah, so get your punk ass out of my way. <laughs> it would have been it. even funnier if he did that to Owen, the Owen Hart's widow. I'd have been like, no, I'd have been like, I'd have been like, no, that would not be funny. All right. It would not, hold on, hold on. The reason why I said it would have been funny is because, of course, they would have planned that out. You know what I'm saying? It would have been cool as long as it was okay with her. and fine. I'm not a fan no, of that, anybody. That, that's still not fine. But, but <laughs> he would have been a super heel after that because it's like, that's on her wife. Not, okay. Not on, just man. been that way, yeah, but it still wouldn't be funny. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh. 
You're right. That shit ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would cause I would have been like, man, that fucked up. And then I'd have sat on it for a minute, like, you know what? Hill <laughs> Club, Hill Club says, spoiler alert, Liger was actually Coco Beware. There ain't no way in here. <laughs> nah, that would that he would have busted the suit. Coco's kinda big that. now. Yeah, yeah. Nah, ain't no way in here. All right, before before we get to blood and guts, I, I'm not gonna say anything about what I thought about blood and guts. Before we get to that, we had an interest. The three of us had an interesting conversation last night in our pregame, um, and that conversation revolved around the tag team combination of MJF and Adam Cole. Um. I don't even know how to kick this off, but I, I thought it would be a good conversation to have on the show to get some input um, from anybody listening, especially Hill Club. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of Adam Cole. I never really have been. I didn't understand the praise he was getting when he was in NXT. What was the group he was with? Uh, shit. Yeah, what's the name of that group? Well, anyway, that that whole group. I can, I can hear the music playing in my head, but I can't remember the name. But that whole group, like, I didn't understand the praise they were getting. Um, they had some good matches, both as a collective and individually. But I I didn't see them as like they were being or as. Let's talk about Adam Cole specifically. I didn't see him as the second coming of like say HBK or something. Um, or he, he was never in WWE. He was never going to be that guy. Um, so I never really understood the hype around him. Now that he's, he's been in AEW for a minute. Um, one, he's been, the, the whole use of him has been crazy. Uh, he started out not wanting to be with the elite then got with the elite. Now he's back away from the elite. Um, he would do some of the, the silly things that they were doing in matches, and and this is a this is a petty, admittedly petty thing, but I hate, baby, I hate that shit. Terrible. I hate it. Um, so now the pairing of him with MJF, MJF, uh, I actually like as as a heel. I think he goes overboard and he goes too long sometimes, but generally speaking. I like his work as a heel. So you pair those two together in this blind tag team tournament or whatever. And now they've combined their, their slogans or catchphrases, whatever. Now they're doing a combined ring entrance. They're doing vignettes of them playing video games together. And I come from an era where we saw some silly shit in wrestling. Um, you know, the red rooster gimmick. One of the dumbest gimmicks ever in wrestling. Uh, in Memphis, they had a wrestling Darth Vader, a wrestling Frankenstein, a wrestling Dracula. So silly things have been done throughout the history of wrestling. Robocop. Yeah, Robocop. Oh, God, that was horrible. Um, so I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper, and I'm not trying to be necessarily be, hey, get off my lawn, you crazy kids. I'm not trying to be that guy either. But I just don't get this pairing. And I, I don't like Adam Cole. Um, Kurt had some stronger opinions than me, but I want to give Brandon a chance to, uh, to give his opinion 
and then we'll kind of get into the kind of, kind of conversation we had last night. All right, so <clears throat> um, my thing was to just kind of sum, sum it all up. My thing was um, apparently they, some of these guys get a lot of they get a lot of hate from the older wrestling fans or whatever, and <laughs> I don't think that they. Let me make sure I say this correctly before I get in trouble again. Well, I don't know no else to say it. I don't really think that as performers, they are really that bad. I think that some of the storylines and situations they've been put in kind of like put a damper on how good they really are or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that any of these wrestlers, Adam Cole or any of this new generation, I'm not saying they're the best wrestlers of all time. Not by, clearly not. But I think that as far as I just don't like them or whatever because that, you know, it's almost as if like we're comparing eras here. And I'm like, this is a whole, this is a whole new era. This is their style of wrestling. So they are, because they keep getting booked. They're on national TV. They're on TV every single week. So apparently they're doing something right. The fans are behind them. Fans like them. We might not like them, but the, the majority of the fans, they like them. They recite the catchphrase, the baby and all that other shit or whatever. And, you know, I just kind of think that it's a, um, and I'm not saying that anybody has to like anybody. Everybody, everybody like what they like. But I think that it's kind of a disconnect between one generation to the next generation. Because the things that, in my generation that we like, or whatever, y'all might not like because of what you grew up on and sometimes you're just imprinted with what you've been. Sometimes you just like what you like and you like things to just be the way that you remembered it because that's how you finally remember stuff and it's like, I don't really want to let that go. I want it to stay the way it is. That's what made me feel good. That's what made me entertained by what I'm watching, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's and that's why I say I'm I, I don't want to be a gatekeeper because what you're what you're describing is is what they call gatekeeping. Okay. You know, we, we like it the way it was when we were kids or teenagers and young adults, so we don't ever want that shit to change. And I don't know that I necessarily feel that way, but I do feel like with basketball, baseball, football, any any sport or athletic competition, there is a core set of fundamentals that never change. Right. And I think with wrestling, what some of these guys are doing, you're getting way, way away from the fundamentals of what makes wrestling great. And I think a lot of the fans that, that like it are the fans that came post uh, Attitude Era. Or they were kids and saw Attitude Era and think that was the greatest shit ever. Gotta right. remember, there was a lot of horrible shit during the Attitude Era, too. A lot. So, um, it wasn't all rainbows and unicorn parts. But, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the posturing. We talked about that last night. The the song plan and he waits for, for a specific spot in the song and then gives himself the, the uh, RVD thumb or whatever. And then he gets in the ring and waits, waits for another spot and then does the whole baby thing. When I, I, I said that last night that I don't like that. And it seems like everybody does that now. Um, but then I brought up exotic Adrian street, his whole ring entrance was skipping to the ring Prancing up the steps and skipping around the ring when he got in. But to me, that 
it, it, it's different in the sense of that was a part of the gimmick that he was doing. And the, the whole posturing thing, to me, that's not so much a part of the gimmick as it is the showmanship. That's the entertainment side. And I, I don't know why, but it just irks me when I see it. That's, and, and I agree, Brandon, you like what you like. Um, yeah, so, Kurt, your turn. <laughs> Okay, so before I shit all on Green, <laughs> uh, I agree with you and Brandon. You like what you like, and um, I. So the thing about uh, the MJF Adam Cole, I was like, okay, did I miss a segment on how they got together? Number one, because I'm like, okay, maybe did I miss something on how they became a tag team? And maybe I did. I didn't understand it. But for them to act like they're best friends now and the greatest friends in the world, that just threw me off. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, so maybe I missed something. But this Adam Cole and this baby, that's the lamest shit in the fucking world. And, you know, like, hey, you like what you like, but in my opinion, that's the lamest shit in the fucking world. I don't think he's a good wrestler at all. He brings nothing to the table that I want to see. And MJF, putting the title on him, his this whole title reign has been fucking terrible. And I don't know where they're going with it and what's the end game, but all this is bad. It's fucking, it sucks. Well, there you have it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I agree with Kurt that the MJF title reign has been horrible. And that's putting it mildly, in my opinion. Because here you have, it's not as if we've never seen a world champion in contention for the world tag team championship. We've seen that a hundred times. But he's defended the belt, what, three times? And you see more of him with Adam Cole in this tag team tournament than you have at pretty much at all as the champion. And this whole... And and I'm not saying this from a religious perspective. It's just corny. To, where did the da- this whole dance with the devil shit just come from? I have no idea. That came out of nowhere to me. Um, I just I don't know. I I'm not as as shitting on him as Kurt is in terms of like I don't think Adam Cole is terrible. I've seen him have good matches. Primarily in NXT, um, but the AEW run has just, it has been terrible. Now, some of that's not his fault because of injuries, but I just, I don't know, man. It's like this, and and maybe this is part of a bigger conversation when we're talking about um, different generations, when you have someone from mine and Kurt's era watching somebody like Orange Cassidy. A 20-something-year-old may love Orange Cassidy and think it's the most hilarious shit in the world. Whereas somebody like me and Kurt look at it and say, this is stupid. It sucks. Because to me, it goes against the premise of, of wrestling. And I get that's what his whole gimmick is supposed to be. But that's not what wrestling, professional wrestling is supposed to be, in my opinion. So... So before I keep shitting on him, um, <laughs> if you can show me a good uh, good Adam Cole match, Brian and uh, Brandon, 
please do. And I'll 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 retract my statement and stop shitting on him. But until then, he's garbage and he's trash. But, but then again, it's all subjective because what is a hey, good hey, match to us? We all yeah. Be a good so, match to you. so show me one. Show me what you think is good, and I'll look at it. And okay. hey, if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. But okay, until up until now, anything from NXT to now, he's never been good to me. He's always been trash from from NXT to now. So show me something that you think is good, and I'll look at it. Okay. All right. No problem. So, but that was that was somewhat somewhat of a milder conversation than we had last oh, night. Oh, it, hey, it was it was heated last night. <laughs> That's oh, why I wanted to save some of that some of that energy for today. But, um, but that just goes I had to time to kind of I had time to sit on it too a little bit. I and I, I I I see what you're saying. All right, I see what you're saying. I think I think what got me riled up was when you were talking about the entrances. I'm like, well, damn it, that's just that damn entrance. Like, what? what shit? I mean, if, if they want to go, they want to go, if they want to go and, and, and get pyro sprayed on them for three minutes and all that and do pyro and, 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 shit. Damn it, that's the entrance. Yeah, I I, I have no I have no problem with that. No, no, no and, problem. And, with that. and to be and to be honest, this is gonna sound like I'm the crazy old man screaming at the kids on his lawn. I can't. I can't accurately explain why that bothers me. And it's not for the record. It's not just Adam Cole. Now, when I give you another example of it, you're going to say, Ron, there's a whole other reason you don't like this entrance. But the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. When they I have no problem. I don't have any problem. I don't like them. But as far as entrances go with any wrestler, I have no problem with any of them. None. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that. None. Yeah, not at all. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't, I don't yeah. think all of it's entertaining, but as far as just the shit on them, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Well, <laughs> like, uh, and and I'll give an example of a wrestler I like that does that. AJ Styles when he comes out, he stands there, waits for that particular moment in in the in the songs, and boom, there he goes. That's just that's just a personal thing. Yeah, he been doing that same mention that he was in TNA. Oh yeah, it's, I know. So that's, it's, it's, it's iconic. That's iconic. So you, know that's, you, know, you know that that's AJ Styles. <laughs> but that's what I want to do. I want to get us together, and we'll be able to get together soon. You know, uh, in person to look at ring entrances on what throws you off, what what you don't like, Ryan, to where me and Brandon can look at it and be like, okay, I understand what you're saying. Because right now, I as far as people coming to the ring, I don't have any problem with anybody right now Mm-mm. with wwe aw um impact nobody it, it doesn't bother me not one bit well let me take it back let me take that back i do not like the shit uh ricky starts to that phone <laughs> oh, <y'all don't> like <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like I was saying, i'm gonna see which uh, which one of us is gonna bring that up first i don't yeah, like that I, shit. Yeah, that shit is fucking, that's <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah, I look like some shit gold does with a yeah, D-bag. I want to hit saying? him in the head with a hammer every time I see him. <laughs> that shit is, I, that shit is, I do not like that. I do not like that. Bad, man, that, hey, that pretty Ricky, man. Listen, yeah, that shit pisses me off. That's his, and ladies, now coming to the main stage. Don't fuck that. Yeah, I don't like Dales. Yeah, Chippendales. <laughs> that's it, right there. Chippendales. You're right. I don't like that at all. That's the only one that pisses me off. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. All right. So before we jump into Blood and Guts, Kurt brought up Impact uh, just by happenstance there. Um, 
Kurt, you had a chance to watch, uh, well, I had a chance to watch some of the Impact pay-per-view. I didn't see any of the, the AAA, Triple Mania. But Kurt said that Triple Mania was, was very good. Kurt, tell us a little bit yes. about uh, what you're yeah, on, on that. Um, the, the whole vibe, the atmosphere, because I watched from from the beginning to the end. So um, in the beginning, the crowd, they showed up, like overhead shot from the helicopter. There was not a lot of people there because it was early. But as the night went on, it got bigger, bigger, bigger. And then the matches were, I thought, were very good. And then it had a lot of women involved in matches with men. And they were doing pretty good. And these were large women. I'm not, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about fat, but they're, like, tall and, like, muscular women that were involved in matches. And they, and they did pretty good. And also the um, match with um, what's that dude's name? It was with Dustin Rose. I can't remember his goddamn name. I don't know. <laughs> we talked about it last night. What's his name? Uh, Vikingo? No, no, with Dustin Rose, the, the school we had. Oh, with Dustin Rose. Oh, Cody. Oh, Cody Rose. Oh, QT uh, uh, Marshall. QT uh, Marshall. I thought that was a good match with him and the, the opponent he had wrestled. But then... The Kenny Omega and Vikingo match, that match was very, very good. I liked it a lot. Well, I and know when, then, we, when we saw the uh, the Luchador match um, live at Ric Flair's last match last year, I, all three of us were blown away by how good that shit was live. Now, if we would have watched that on TV, totally, probably totally. would have been a different story. Right. No, but that, listen, when I tell you that Kenny Omega Vikingo match on TV was good, it was very, very good. I'm talking about that Vikingo. Yeah, that dude is good. I, I'm not going to take nothing away from him. And I think on a bigger stage, he can be a lot better than what he's there showing now. But he's he's uh, loyal to Triple Mania, which he should be. And something I did notice during that Triple Mania event that um, – AEW, NWA, and Impact were very involved in that whole card. They had a lot of wrestlers on that card, and it was good. And I understand why that card is so big and the way it keeps going um, throughout the years on why people look at it. I thought it was a very good show. Very good show. Okay. I'll be sure to check them out next time they're, they're on pay-per-view or whatever. So with Impact... Um, Naomi Trinity, as everybody know her now, she won a championship, which I thought that match was uh, lackluster. I didn't like it at all. But what I did like is Nick Aldis against the, the uh, one of the uh, Motor City Machine Gun opponents. And uh, Nick Aldis did lose that match, what I thought was the right thing to do, to build him up on becoming champion. But it was that was a good match as well. I still don't understand how Impact is still in business to this day. <laughs> but, because it looks low budget as hell, but that yes, was a does. pretty good match with, with um, Nick Aldis and the guy from um, the Motor City Machine Gun. It was, it was pretty good. I'm still blown away that the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns are still going. Yeah, I am man. as well. So the <laughs> other, I forgot it. So um, let me try to put it. Give them credit for their goddamn name. And then, uh, Kurt, when you do that, I want you to bring up, uh, if you have it or if he did, what Meltzer had to say about the Blood and Guts cage match. 
let me do that. And while Kurt, and while Kurt's doing that, I would like to point out earlier, um, Brandon brought up Kurt Angle right after we talked about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has twenty plus five star matches in his career. Kurt Angle, none. That's a damn shame. I knew exactly where you were going with that too because I was ready this morning. And that's, that's, and that, there is that no, is a damn shame. There, there is no way on this that you were ever going to convince me that Kurt Angle or that Kenny Omega is a better wrestler than Kurt Angle. It just there, should Kurt, there should be a Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit five star match on there somewhere. And if they if somebody marked it as a five star match and took that shit off because of what Chris Benoit did, whatever, shame on you because that's one of them times. His wrestling ability, well, nah, I don't even want to go there. But well, you know what I mean. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I was a huge fan of Lawrence Taylor back in the day. Now, right. I don't care anything about the man. Right. Because, so, because of what he, so, but when I look at football, he's still one of the greatest linebackers that have ever played the game. Hey, one of, he is the greatest. Uh, Ray Ray may take that that one for me. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. No, 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 no. No, Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. Ray, he was no, the Ray, Ray is second, but LT, I'm gonna give LT. LT was the blueprint. I'm talking about that. You, you know, you know what he did before every game is to get out there and kill people. Man, come on. Ain't no... <laughs> yeah, so, Ron, and I know what he did to relax after the game too. Yeah, yeah, hey, man. Hey, so, Ron, you asked me about the. Uh, Kenny Omega by Kingo match? Yes, sir. They had the best match on the card that weekend. Okay. And I really couldn't disagree with that. And I, I'm not an Omega fan at all, but I, I can't disagree with it not one bit. Okay. Now, what did what did he say about the Blood and Guts match? He gave it praise, but we're going we gonna to give our own opinion. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to see what what Melcher thought. I, I figured Melcher would say it was the greatest cage match that's ever existed or some shit. No, nah, he didn't say that. So I'm going to keep looking while we talk, but he didn't say that. All right. So He, he actually said it went on too long, but I'm going to um, keep looking at it. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, all right. So this year, the, the Blood and Guts main event was the Golden Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, you had 10 men in the match, and the order of entry into the cage, first of all, for, for anybody listening who don't know what Blood and Guts are, or Blood and Guts is, it's, it's AEW's take on war games. Um, it's their attempt at, at war games, if you will. So the order of entry into the cage was... Uh, first in was Claudio Castagnoli. Second in was Kenny Omega. Third in was Pox. Fourth in was Paige. Then you had John Moxley, Nick Jackson, uh, Wheeler Yuta, Matt Jackson, Takeshita, and then Ibushi. Are y'all proud of me? I said Takeshita again. Good job. Uh, I like that praise. (laughs) But um, the blood and guts match. Uh, Brandon, I want you. I, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off. What did you think about the the match between the? And first of all, why are they called the Golden Elite now? I I I think because I think Abushi was like the Golden Boy or something like that. Okay, so put them all together. That's what I'm guessing. 
Yeah. Okay, so what did you think about about this match? Uh, hmm. It's not the worst cage match I've ever seen, but it was very lackluster. Um, I think overall the action wasn't bad, but, you know, the spots with the weapons and, you know, the Claudio getting body slammed on the glass and not bleeding. He sold the shit out of it, but he didn't bleed. <laughs> Really, the blood and guts. The only person that really bled in the match was damn John Moxley, <clears throat> and of course, you know he, you know he can, he can. He, I don't know. He must get cut with a knife in the air or something like that. Cause he yeah. bleed. <laughs> He's gonna but find a way to bleed. The only time and the only the only time where he actually bleed bled and it was believable was when he hit that fake bed of nails because I don't believe those are real nails. And he hit that fake bled, that, that fake bed of nails, and he um, you can see the scratches and everything. And he bled a little bit from the scratches and all that, but you know those guys sweat, so I think a lot of times the sweat rolling off of them kind of it makes it look good, but then once it comes off, it comes off, and then whatever. But um, yeah, I I just thought that this was probably out of all the blood and guts matches, I think it's what with three or four of them. I like I, I didn't I didn't particularly care for it. I didn't like, I didn't understand the finish because Pops was shot in both the, the double bird and just walked off yeah, <laughs> for whatever was, reason. And then Don Callis, shout out to Don Callis. Don Callis comes down and tells Takesha to, to come on and he just walks away. And I'm like, what the hell? And so and that's three on five. And then, of course, like, there's no way to, um, the, the, the BCC is going to, uh, make, no, I said it right. Yes, you did. You did. You did. And <laughs> not, not to be confused with the BBC. Because I almost said it wrong. I think about it. <laughs> That's why I took the pause. But anyway, but no. So it's three on five. There's no way that they. There's no way that uh, the the BCC were going to win that match. And it's three on five and. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, it, it was just all over the place, and it was just a lot of stuff I didn't understand. And if you get body slammed on a bed of glass, you ought to, it should have been a scratch on you or something. But yeah. Claudio yeah. sold the hell out of it. And another spot that I didn't like that I thought was, was particularly dangerous was when old boy got on top of the cage and dropped the thumbtacks down into the ring from the cage. And I'm like, okay, if somebody was standing in the wrong spot, but one of them damn thumbtacks bounced the wrong way. Somebody could get one of their eyes put out for real. Yeah. So I didn't like that. And lastly, if in case y'all don't know how I feel about AEW cages, their cages suck. And somebody actually almost got stuck in that damn. I think it was Moxley who almost got stuck in that damn cage in between. I don't know who in the hell said that that cage was safe. But I'm like, if y'all do a move on that cage, if somebody go down the wrong way. It gets stuck or whatever, or one leg goes down and one leg goes the oh, other way. Oh, you're talking about between the, the ring apron and yeah, the cage? the ring apron and the cage. Yeah. That could cause some serious damage. No, it was actually Moxley and one of the Young Bucks as well. Yeah, that might, that, could, that could cause some serious damage. I'm going to let you and go. Imagine, and, imagine, and, imagine, and imagine if, and this is my last point, imagine if somebody gets on top of that cage and then something happens like what happened in the Hell in the Cell, the cage gives way. Just, it just gives way. And then they ended up um, some. They have the platforms on the outside of the cage now, but say if they didn't have the platforms right there, somebody goes through, and then they just land wrong. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah. it's, 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 it's that, that cage is 
That's like the worst cage I've ever seen in my life. It's a dangerous cage. And they don't need them big ass fucking bars on the side of it for what? So yeah, that's it. I'm off I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> I um I didn't like the match, flatly and firstly. Um I thought it went on too long. I thought there were way too many weapons involved in the match. Um and it wasn't just the fact that it was weapons. It was ridiculous weapons. Um, the whole glass spot with Claudio's was ridiculous. The bed of nails was ridiculous. Um, the fork and the screwdriver, uh, I get that. That's something small that somebody could fit through the cage or something. But these guys, and, and was it me? Or did they have a box on the side of the ring with shit in it? Because I thought I saw at one point Moxley reaching inside of a box to get something. Now that may have just been my imagination because I was hallucinating by how bad this match was. Um, and another thing I don't like is the, the obviously staged spots in the match um, where each person in the, in the BCC got up on the turnbuckle to suplex somebody from the elite and like, Let's just say Moxley got up there first, and then he's watching everybody else get up. Well, that's that's stupid. Like, it, it waiting on everybody else to get up on the top rope just so they can do a spot where they all do a, a, a suplex from the top rope, one right after the other. And what's going on, Mike Rage? Thank you for joining us. Um... But yeah, I didn't like the match. Um, I didn't like the, the thumbtacks raining down from the top of the cage. Like you said, if somebody had looked up, that could have been bad. Um, and then it, it, that in itself was another contrived spot because they had to get um, Claudio and whoever was beside him. Um, they had to get those guys in position like they were going to powerbomb them. And they stood there for what seemed like an eternity before... Uh, they poured the, uh, whichever bucket was on the top of the cage, poured the, the t- tacks through the cage, and then they get backdropped on them. So it's like, I, you know, they're waiting on their spots. It's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not well put together. Um, the thing I love about old school wrestling, obviously they're coordinating and cooperating with each other, but you never see it. Never once did you see Ric Flair waiting on someone to do something. And they called shit in the ring and it looked better than what these guys are doing now. And they go, they walk through it before the match. Um, and, and, and if I sound like, oh God, then I really don't care because that to me shows that somebody doesn't care about their craft because these guys back in the day were calling shit in the ring as it happened. And these guys today walk through the shit and then still make it look horrible. So, I, you know, everybody knows, listens to this show for, for more than one or two seconds, knows that I am not a fan of the Young Bucks. I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega. So it's going to take something great from them for me to ever say that I like their match. Um, that being said, this match was horrible. It was absolutely horrible to me. Um, Kirk, what is what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I've been a wrestling fan since I I'll be 50 this year. I'm 49 right now. 
And I've been a wrestling fan since I was 11 years old. And this is the worst fucking match I've ever seen in my fucking life. That's a show wow. In my life. This match fucking sucks. I've seen worse. Why? Show me. Please show me. Al Snow versus Head. I, I have not seen that. I have not seen that. Pay-per-view 1998. Show me. But as far as I've anymore. seen, this is the worst match I've seen in my fucking life. You got the kennel from Head. Yeah. You have people coming to this goddamn match. Um, John Moxley come in with a screwdriver, stab people, and nobody's fucking bleed. Nobody. Yeah. Then you got this dude, Kota Ibashi, come in with these fake fucking punches <laughs> he's doing like my goddamn two-year-old would do on me if we playing, <laughs> punching some fucking body. This is fucking terrible. Then you got this motherfucker, um, with the with the uh hit the same dude, Cody Ibaki, mm-hmm. kicking Claudio in his chest twice, and then your motherfucking ass falling down like somebody <laughs> hit you. Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on? This was terrible, fucking terrible. Yeah, it it was, man. I... Nobody's bleeding. You you breaking glass tacks and nobody's fucking bleeding. And then all of a sudden, we keep going over the. Um, John Moxley, he's bleeding like somebody cutting. Like when that when did that happen? <laughs> Who hit you the way you bleeding the way you bleed right now? Nobody's bleeding but you. Yeah, it's like wait a minute, nobody's bleeding, bleeding out of your eye. You nobody was bleeding, head, but nobody bleeding but you. Nobody. It should have been at least four, did, five did, dudes did, in that match that did, got covered. Did, did, did a, a goddamn phantom come in and hit you here with a hammer in your head and your eye? Were you bleeding and nobody else was bleeding? What fucking happened? Did I miss something? Oh, I'm surprised you missed it because Moxley is bad about blading. Yeah, but but I'm saying, but no, I get what you're saying. I'm being funny. But on top of that, then you hear all these motherfuckers are just talking to each other in the ring. Yes, and when you see it, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, so when you, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Did Do y'all have any integrity on what you fucking doing? Now, I I brought up something to you guys yesterday in the pregame that I heard, shout out to Brian Last and Jim Cornette, but um, that I heard Brian Last say on one of the Cornette shows that Moxley, when he gets hit, he just kind of falls down and rolls out of the ring. And I I went back and looked at some Moxley matches, and, and he's right. It doesn't happen every time, but it happens more often than not. But in this match... Did y'all notice, because camera work is horrible in AEW, he did that. He gets hit, and he rolls to the corner, and he's sitting up like he's laying down, but he's leaning up on one arm, watching what's going on in front of him. I mean, like, just watching as a fan, seemingly, not selling whatever just happened to him, just sitting there watching. And I'm like, the what? does nobody sell anymore? Man, this shit was terrible. This was fucking terrible. Everybody just sitting there waiting on each other, talking yes. to each other like we in the goddamn club. Like we fucking yeah. dancing. What's going on? There's the people in the ring to make it look like they was in the club. Yeah, this was it, this was bad. This was, what, like I say, the worst fucking match I've seen in my life. And I'll be 50 in September. <laughs> and I've been watching wrestling since I was 11. This is the fucking worst I've seen. Yeah, it was I, fucking terrible. I made terrible. the statement on the pregame that I would rather watch 
I think it was Legends of Wrestling 98. I would rather watch that entire pay-per-view than watch this match again. Jesus. This, it, was, it, it, it was fucking terrible. It sucked. Because as bad as Legends of Wrestling 98 was, I get some laugh factor out of that. I get nothing out of this but contempt for the people that are in it. And the bad part about it is, and this is where I, I you know, I lose, I lost all respect for everybody in that ring. Y'all supposed to be fucking professionals. And y'all made this look like fucking preschool and kindergarten to put this match together. Yeah. And everybody in that ring should be ashamed of themselves. All of them. And should never call themselves a professional wrestler again in their fucking life. They fucking suck. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it was just a bad match. Leecher Report gave this match a B. But guess, guess what? Listen to why they gave it a B. Mostly because it lived up to the name of the match, if nothing else. Yeah, off of one person. I guess. But they gave this match a B. Because it lived up to the name of the No, it didn't. No. no, it did not. No, it did fucking did Bloody not. Guts, everybody in that ring should have been bleeding. And who, and who was everybody who was should have been bleeding like squeal people? The author of the, the goddamn police report, so we can goddamn send them emails and say you need to be fired. <laughs> right. You need and to be I, fucking fired. And the the absolute lunacy of bringing a bit an actual well, it's not an actual bed of nails, but a bed of nails into a wrestling match. Come on, man. And you get slammed on it, and you don't. Your back isn't bleeding profusely, right? That's why I said it's a fake bed of nails. Yeah, he got nicked a little bit. Yeah, but Just then, uh, but the then all the all, all the all the glass they bring in the ring, and you putting you putting people on it. The thumbtacks and nobody's fucking bleeding. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I just, I, I hate the glass spots. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, it happened in our day too. You know, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as prevalent. And it certainly wasn't just, ah, for shits and giggles, we use glass tonight. Um, but I, I don't like the glass spots. I, I've grown to hate the thumbtack spots. Not that I ever liked it to begin with, but it wasn't done so often. But, like, I hate that. The bed of nails was stupid. It doesn't impress me. The choreography, for lack of a better word, within this match was horrible. Um, you know, and then you have the, the, the Bucks have to get their super kick in. They have to get there. You can't have a match with the Bucks without getting a super kick in. And and it's just, it wasn't yeah, a good match. I'm, I'm sick of that shit, too. That, that is dumb as shit to fucking work. And How many times we got to keep going back and forth? You kick me, I kick you. Yes. What the, that's some dumb shit. Now, I, I'm going to do something that, that, that Cornette said he was doing. I'm going to start counting these forearms that they're throwing at each other. Because if I'm not mistaken, he said in one of the matches that he just reviewed, they threw 50-some-odd forearms at each other. I'm not talking in the match. I'm talking like the, you give me one, now I give you one, and back and forth, the exchange. 50-something forearms. And that's, that's another thing that has gotten out of control in wrestling, in my opinion. The whole, you know, you hit me, now I hit you, and we do this until whenever. I just, uh, just so much about this match I did not like. 
and I don't like Moxley. I need somebody who is a Moxley fan. And Brandon, you did a you did a a, a very good job of of explaining and breaking down to me why some fans may get it, and I get that. But it, he's still just bad because even if I'm watching, because Stone Cold to me was a guy that that especially at the beginning of his Stone Cold Steve Austin run was somebody that that the average fan could relate to. Everybody, yeah. like this, everybody wanted to kick their boss in the gut and give them a stunner. Damn yeah. right. So everybody could relate to that. There's nothing about John Moxley that I can relate to. There's nothing about John Moxley that I like. I didn't like him as Dean Ambrose in The Shield. To me, he was the absolute worst person in The Shield. And I, I was actually excited. That very first pay-per-view that AEW had, and he showed up. I was like, okay, this dude's bringing some energy. I had, now, keep in mind, I hadn't seen any of his work before he got to NXT. I'll be honest about that. I didn't see any of the PWG stuff. None of that. He's pretty, he's pretty much a, de- he's pretty much a deathmatch wrestler. <laughs> but I, when I saw him first show up in AEW, I'm like, okay, this guy's bringing some energy. It, it, he's, he's, he's finally loose from, from the controlling hands of the WWE. He could do what he does and, Blah, blah, blah. And then four or five shows in, I'm like, oh, this dude's terrible. Even even with the the constraints of the WWE uh, machine gone, I was like, yeah, he, he needs to go back to WWE because this, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how, I, I get, even though I don't like them, I get why people like the Bucks. I get why people like Omega. I get why people like Orange Cassidy. I don't like it, but I see what they are drawn to. With Moxley, I don't see any of that. None. Yeah, yeah. This generation is just a little—they just a little different. They like they just his style. They just like it, and I think that a lot of the guys. Um, I'm not John Moxley's biggest fan. I let me make that clear. But I think a lot of the guys in this generation, they just—they, I guess they look at them like you know, he's a regular guy. The comment that you alluded to is when I basically compare him to that old to that old guy in the neighborhood. If you live in a certain neighborhood, that old guy in the neighborhood that want to go around and beat up the young folk. <laughs> and if you um, y'all remember y'all remember Kimbo Slice, right? Yes, sir. So imagine the guys that you know went up against Kimbo Slice because Kimbo Slice was like the boss at the end of the game or whatever. That's what John Moxley reminded me of, and in a way, just not as I'm not trying to compare. Kimbo Slice. No, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're John saying. But John, Kimbo Slice made his name as a backyard fighter. And so it's like it was nothing that was never really organized or anything. And I think that that's why when he got into MMA, he kind of flopped a little bit because he didn't really have the formal training. Man, that, a, that fight between him fighter. and Dida 5000, that was a horrible, Ooh. horrible fight. Right. And, but you know, but but still, you know, that, that that's that's John Moxley. John's, John Moxley is not meant to be your wrestler's wrestler. You get what I'm saying? Like he just he's a brawler and he likes to get color and he just, you know, that's that's just his way. But once again, he must have been doing something right because in every company that he's been in, he's won championships, won world titles, including the WWE. And you know, WWE just don't put the world title on just anybody now. So, you know, it is what I mean, hey, I mean, yeah. I just didn't just throughout the whole man. I just didn't like the fact he was the only one that got covered. Everybody <laughs> yeah. got covered. and and, and you, and you that, don't that, know where it came from. 
No, but I'm like, if you're really going to have, like, a real blood and guts match, like, there should have been some barbed wire in that match. Everybody should have got colored. Oh, God, Brandon, don't give them no ideas. I'm just saying. (laughs) Everybody should have got colored. Everybody, if you want blood and guts for real, everybody should have gotten color. I think, to be honest with you, I think the last few blood and guts, I think everybody got color in in those matches. But then, you know, this point in time, they just didn't do it, so. Now, and I, I I want to address Hill Club's comment real quick about Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. I don't know about Ricky Steamboat, but Randy Savage was notorious for laying out every single part of his match before the match. Yeah. He was notorious yeah, well, Hill, for Hill Club, Hill Club is talking about the match that Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage had. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. The Randy Savage made Rick Samuel go through every move. Ah, okay, got you. Okay, I was just about to say that even though they, even though Savage did that, his matches were still great, and you never saw. Okay, I'm going to stand here and wait on you for about 30 seconds to get settled on the ropes. Okay, now come with the elbow. Right. Okay, but yeah, I mean, thank you for clearing that up. Sorry about that, Hill Club. <laughs> but yeah, I, I even with that, Brandon, I just I. I mean, I agree. Every, every uh, I shouldn't say every because I haven't seen him in every promotion. The yeah. the two major promotions I've seen him in, yeah, he's he's gotten over and has had the championship. But his championship run in in WWE to me was, eh, it was meaningless. Um, I don't know, man. Absolutely. I just I I don't get the appeal, and to me, to me, that's that's saying a lot because. If I can get why some people like Orange Cassidy, I think it's dumb. I'm not calling them dumb, but I think it's dumb for why they. But I get what you're saying. With Moxley, I don't see any of that. He think he fashions himself a tough guy that's not tough, and yeah. and, I, and he you know he he could probably whoop my ass right now. So I'm not I'm not saying he can't fight for real, but I'm saying in wrestling, he fashions himself as a tough guy. And when he does his promotes, it's like he's trying to talk tough. He's not talking tough. He's, he's trying, trying to talk tough and trying to and trying to be tough. Yeah. A lot of the shit that he does is pointless. So it's like right. I, absolutely. There's like, a difference between being tough and being stupid. Yeah, and <laughs> I, mean, I don't get it. That's I'm, a I'm very good comment. Absolutely, Brandon, you hit that on the head. You yeah, hit I, it on I, the head. I, I use that, and I use that I, even when I talk to my students. Sometimes I'm like, look, it's a difference between being tough and being stupid. Yeah, and he's being stupid. He's been super. But one thing I do, I do want to hit on before we leave. Mm-hmm. So um, the Motor City, Motor City Machine Gun. So Leo Rush beat Chris Saban for the X title. And then Alan Shelley beat Nick Aldis to retain his impact title. Which I thought that was the right move to do, to build Alan Shelley up. And then when, when he does lose to Nick Aldis, if he does, it'll be better. Yeah, it'll mean something then. Yeah, yeah. it will. So I, I thought heard, that was very good. I heard through the grapevine that Nick Aldis might be leaving. And then I think the um the WWE and AEW were trying to recruit him. Again, like this one came back around again. They might. If if I'm him, I'm gonna stay at Impact because I don't have no confidence if AEW or WWE will build him up the right way. I think he'll be a small fish in the big pond if he go there. And yeah. I think he'll that make him a job. And, yeah. he, and on either one. So he, if he's smart, he'll stay in that thing. Yeah. Unless the money is right to be a job. Yeah. And before we get out of here, too, before we give our, our final thoughts and get out of here, um, 
I want to bring Hill Club. Do you, can can you come on for a moment? I'd like to find out how your mom's doing. And no, folks, for anybody listening, that's not a joke. I, we're, his his mom was having some uh, medical issues and just wanted to get an update, see how she's doing, see if she was able to come home. So, but he may not be available at the moment. Um, Brandon said he would be right back. But yeah, man, this going back to the blood and gut. Blood and guts match. It just terrible. Terrible. Not at all. Not at all. Um, what did you think about, uh, or did you see the debut with Nick Wayne? I saw it. Um, I think they did the right thing by him losing to um, Swerve. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how he snapped his arm back though. That looked like it hurt a lot. But yeah. I thought they did the right thing. Yeah, I do too. I think I think they absolutely did the right thing by by putting Swerve over. Um and and I'm not going to I'm not going to knock the guy too bad. I mean, he's only what, 18 years old. Um and debuting in professional wrestling, so he's got a ways to go. But uh And to speak on top of that, I also liked that they had um Jungle Boy beat um Hook for the FTW okay. championship. I, I I thought that was good. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I, I have I have exactly the opposite opinion of that. I think he should have beat him at some point. But I think the way they did it the other night was not the right time and not the right way. I don't so this is my opinion on that. I agree with that, but I think because they were trying to build blood and guts up to be this big show, that's why he lost. But I thought the move was a very weak move to lose on. And it should have been done on the pay per view. I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because All because right. you. But I think they I think they made him lose because they they were trying to boost blood and guts up to this big show when it was terrible. Yeah, I mean because All right, I, I, I I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. What are y'all talking about? Uh, Jungle Boy and Hook. Jungle oh, okay. Boy winning the FTW title. <sighs> That's not even a sanctioned title. So <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, but yeah, I think you're, you're trying to build Hook up to this uh, monster opponent, but then he loses to, like you say, Kurt, a weak-looking move. Um, I don't think it hurts Hook, but I just don't think it was the right time or the right place to, to have that, that I, I change. Totally, totally, totally agree. All right. But the move that he lost it was trash. That was just like a fucking headlock. Right. You do every fucking day. Yeah, they were doing was, everything else different. in the match, but that is what put you down. Yeah, that was that was dumb as fuck. So, all right, well, we're, folks, we're gonna get ready to get out of here. Um, Brandon, you got anything to say to the folks before we get out of here? Uh, just uh, have a good week. Enjoy the weather. Everybody in Atlanta, stay dry. <laughs> all right, Kurt, what about you, man? Everybody have a good weekend. Um, let's watch Collision tonight to see what happens. And then there is some boxing going on ESPN at 10 o'clock. Is that the free ESPN or the pay-per-view? It's free. Free. Absolutely. All right, folks, uh, to just echo what my partners have said here, y'all have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. Uh, I'm about to go see a friend of mine that's going through some difficult times and try to cheer them up. And, uh, push them on towards some positivity. You guys have a good weekend yourselves and we will talk throughout the week and we'll be right back here next Saturday, 10 a.m. live Eastern standard time. The replay is available on Sunday at 10 a.m. 
It's available on all major podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, then you probably already know that Stitcher is going away August 1st. But we are available everywhere else. Thank you, Hill Club. Hill Club, before we get out of here, real quick, because uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, how's your mom doing? Did she get to come home? <clears throat> Say thanks for the prayers. Yeah, you're very welcome, man. You're very welcome. So, good. She's home. Good, good, good. She's home. It's good to hear. All right, Kurt, if you would, please send us out of here. Hey, y'all. Bye.